0: My, one of my favorite hymns, and uh, of course we, they were singing that because we are moving towards Easter, and of course uh, this week our focus is going to be upon the cross, and if you have your Bible and you'd like to get a little bit ahead of us here, why don't you go and take it, you can turn to Matthew chapter 27, and in just a few moments we're going to look in verse number, uh, verse number 45, but our focus today, if you look on your bulletin, you're going to see that what it says is winning by losing. And our focus is going to be that Jesus was able to experience victory and pass victory on to us, to his people, through him losing. And that, to me, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's hard for me to get my hands around that because we are pretty much all geared towards victory. We want to do whatever we can in order to have a win in life. Uh, every year NFL Films makes a documentary about the Super Bowl and I don't know if you saw the last one They had some excerpts from it, it was kind of interesting It was of course the uh, the Baltimore Ravens against the 49ers Y'all remember at the end of the game the Ravens had a great goal line stand yeah, We got people excited, so goal line stand right at the end of the game And the Ravens had to make a decision, do we take a safety, do we punt And Because uh, there's only a few seconds left, so they take a safety and then they do a free kick, and the only way they can lose the game is if the 49ers catch it and run it back for a touchdown, because the game's almost over. And they cut to the sideline, they show Joe Flacco on the sideline, he's walking up and down, and he says, if the guy breaks away, somebody tackling. And he's talking to the guys on the sidelines. And he said, if I have to, I will do it. And I started thinking, obviously you can't do that legally, but that's that's how committed people are to winning. We want to do whatever it takes to win because nobody likes to lose. And then we look in our scripture today and we're going to see that as we approach Easter, one thing Jesus did in order to experience victory is he allowed a loss to come into his life. And that did not make a whole lot of sense to me. We're going to see that Jesus won by losing. Now, how is, how is that possible? Well, in our scripture, we'll see a stunning story of Jesus on the cross. And here's Jesus. I mean, if you've grown up in the church, you've been taught your whole life that Jesus is one who has all authority, that Jesus is the Son of God, that all things are at the feet of Jesus. He stands above all things. And then where is he? the end of his life. He's hanging on a cross, and his life is slipping away and what we learn is that in the midst of this loss he provided victory for us and so today we're going to look in Matthew chapter 27 verse number 45 and just as a little bit of background information up to this point Jesus had been a a wanted man Uh, the religious leaders of the day were irritated at him because he was one who was teaching with authority people were paying attention to Jesus they were following him The religious leaders of the day were losing their influence, and guess what? They didn't like it. And they're just like us. They they wanted victory. They wanted to win. And they were willing to do whatever it was going to take in order to stay on top. And so they lied about Jesus. They reported Jesus to the authorities. And of course the authorities took Jesus, and they, they ended up putting him on a cross in order to crucify him. And it's at this point when Jesus should have gone into survival mode before he ever got to the cross, what did Jesus do? He decided to walk right into defeat. And it's here that we're going to see some ways that Jesus won by losing. And so the first way we see that Jesus won by losing is it starts off that he had victory because he suffered he was willing to suffer now look in verse number 45 it says from noon until three in the afternoon darkness came over the whole land and about three in the afternoon Jesus cried out with a loud voice and he's speaking in Aramaic here he said Eli Eli lema sabachthani which means my God my God why have you forsaken me and when some of those standing there heard this they said he's calling for Elijah that's what they were thinking and immediately one of them ran and got a sponge, filled it with sour wine, fixed it on a reed, and offered him a drink, but the rest said, let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And so at this point, as Jesus is on the cross, it's obvious Jesus is in the midst of suffering. Now anytime any of us is going through suffering, what do we want to happen? We want it to stop, right? Right? Yeah, if I, y'all, I am the biggest, I am the biggest crybaby. If I ever hurt, I don't, my tolerance, my pain tolerance is very low. God created me not to hurt, and so I don't like it. Uh, I remember a few years ago, Emily and I went to, uh, we went to Greece on this shoestring vacation just for fun. And we went over there, and we were having a great time. We went out to, we went out to eat, I mean, just a few hours after we got there, and so we're sitting there eating, I'm enjoying a real Greek salad we're looking at the Acropolis and then I start thinking I'm not feeling real good and uh, so we go back to the hotel room and y'all, I won't even go into any details but I, I really thought I was going to die and so I'm like curled up in the fetal position and I am praying, God, just anything to stop being sick take my family you know what I mean, I'm like, it's like awful and so I'm, I'm uh, just so... I mean, I'm uh, willing to die at this point. So I don't like to hurt. Well, I look, I look again in Scripture, and I see that, that, you know, in my book, not to hurt and suffer is good. But with Jesus, suffering was about victory. And it's not that Jesus was a sadomasochist here. It's that Jesus simply knew... That if man was going to be rescued, then somebody had to step in. A special somebody had to step in and take punishment upon himself to rescue man. Now you might say, well, I don't need to be rescued. I'm doing fine by myself. Now here's the deal. We all need to be rescued. That's why we have Easter. That's why we're at the cross at this point. See, the Bible tells us that all of us have stepped outside of God's boundaries. And because of that, we are not able to have fellowship with God because we've been stained by sin. You have and I have. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Now you can say, well, you know, I, I get that, but you know, my sins aren't real big. So, I mean, how serious is sin? You know, I've told some lies here and there. I mean, who wouldn't? Uh, there's some things that have happened in my life that, that you know, maybe I wish I would have taken back. But, you know, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. Guys, sin is serious. It is devastating. We're, we're told in Romans six twenty three that the wages of sin is death. And so the point here is that uh, sin puts a stain on us that keeps us outside of, Of a relationship with God And so we are in debt In our life because of sin See God's not just a loving God He's a just God God demands that price be paid In order to overtake the cost of sin To reconcile us to God But you and I don't have enough money In our bank account To pay off the debt of sin And so what did Jesus do? He became an atoning sacrifice to pay off our debt. This is really interesting to me. I'm sure if if you you like Greek mythology or you like ancient history, you hear all the time about these ancient people. They'd go and they would make sacrifices to their gods. And they would make all these different sacrifices in order to please their gods. Right? Have you all heard that before? You know, you see that they'll make these sacrifices. We don't want God, our God to be mad at us. And so we will, you know, we'll sacrifice grain offerings. or We'll even sacrifice our children so that, so that our God will bless us. What we see here, this is where Christianity is so different. Instead of seeing people trying to sacrifice to appease God, what we see is that God sacrifices for us. And he gives Jesus as an atoning sacrifice because he knows that it is only Jesus who can pay for our debt of sin so that we might be able to have eternal life. Uh, we are told in 1 John, or excuse me, this is explained very well for us in John three sixteen. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. And so the idea is that the only path to victory that we have is if our God will send a perfect offering for us, which was Jesus, to pay off our debt of sin that we might be able to have life. Now if you've grown up in the church Maybe even if you have and you grew up in this culture You're used to the story of Easter Right? We know what happened on Easter And we celebrate We celebrate the cross We celebrate the resurrection So many times we take it for granted And forget that there's a reason Why Jesus went to the cross And suffered He went there Because we're responsible He went there because Because of sin See, Jesus lived a sinless, sinless life, and so he didn't have to go to the cross, but he went to the cross to pay for the debt of sin that I'm responsible for and that you are responsible for. And so Jesus suffered. You know, whenever I take into consideration the cross is about me, I take it a little more seriously. My hope is that that you'll see that the cross is about you and that Jesus wanted victory so much that he was willing to suffer for you and because of you. And we see that the earth between between 12 and 3 o'clock, the scripture says it became dark. What's going on here? One of the titles of Jesus is he's called light of the world. Light of the world. When Jesus went to the cross, he took the sin of man... And he took it upon himself. And the darkness of sin blotted out the light of the world. And he stepped in our place to be a substitute for us so that he could pay our debt for us. In 1946, there was a man who was trying to separate, who's was bringing uranium together. And then he was going to separate it, separate it before it caused like an atomic reaction, which is always a good idea. Done this, done this drill numerous times, and as it was coming together, he got a screwdriver in order to block it from, from causing a, a chain reaction. When he was blocking it with a screwdriver, it slipped. When the uranium came together, it caused a bluish haze, which is not good. Instead of diving out of the way, the scientist reached in and grabbed the two uranium spheres and separated them. Everybody in the room was spared, but he was just massively overwhelmed with radiation. He told his friends, he said, you guys are going to be okay. He said, I don't stand a chance. Nine days later, because he put his hand on that radiation, he died an agonizing death. I read that story, and I thought of Jesus. And I thought, 20 centuries ago, Jesus reached in to the most contaminating disease that there is, sin. And instead of shying away from it, instead of ducking and hiding from it to spare himself, he reached in with his hands, and he separated it. It took his life, but it spared ours. You see, what he did by grabbing on to the power of sin is he broke the chain reaction of sin and took away the power of sin over our lives. See, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.21, he made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. How did Jesus win by losing? It started with him suffering. And his suffering took our place. How did Jesus win by losing? Here's what else I see. He also won by losing and that he gave up. Now look with me in verse number 50. It says, Jesus shouted again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. There is a, an old saying that says, winners never quit and quitters never what? Quitters never win. We like it when people don't give up, right? So I, one, of my, one of my favorite movies, and I always mention movies, but one of my favorite movies is Rocky. You know I like Rocky so much other than the cool music? Is I, like the, I like that movie so much because here's an underdog, he gets in the ring. You remember the very first one, Apollo Creed? Apollo is just beating his head in, and what does Rocky do? He keeps fighting. I mean his face is swelled, you don't even know who he is anymore. And his face is all bloomed out, but he won't quit. We love people like that. People who face odds and they say, I'm never going to give up. I know I got our text today. Jesus throws us a curveball. Here he is hanging on a cross. You're talking about a time to be really cool? And say, just like, get down off the cross and wipe everybody out. Be like, yes! Well, what does Jesus do? It says, he gave up, his shout out with a loud voice, and he gave up his spirit. That, that phrase, he gave up, it means to, to send away. To let go. To quit. Now, when I read that verse, I don't like that verse. He gave up. The man, Why did you quit? You know, Jesus didn't have to quit. Before he went to the cross, he's getting arrested in the, in the, in the uh, Garden of Gethsemane. You remember what happened? The, the guards are coming towards him. Peter comes out. Peter grabs a sword. He starts swinging that thing around. Nobody's touching Jesus. And what, what does Jesus tell Peter? He tells him this in uh, Matthew 26, 52 and 53. He says, put your sword back in place because all who take up the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot call my Father and he'll provide me at once with more than 12 legions of angels? In a Roman legion, there were 6,000 soldiers. Jesus is saying right here, I've got 72,000 angels I could call right now who will protect me. And yet he didn't. What did he do? He gave up. Why did he give up? Well, it's interesting. He gave up to have victory. You see, for Scripture to be fulfilled, Jesus had to go to the cross. Jesus said in Matthew 26, 54, How then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? Here's the incredible incredible thing about Jesus giving up. The Bible says that when we place our trust and our hope and our faith in Jesus, it says that we become the children of God. And there are benefits that come with us being the children of God. And one of them is we get to inherit the things of God. So what Romans 8, 16, and 17 says, it says the Spirit Himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, then we are also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, seeing that we suffer with Him so that we also may be glorified with Him. Now before you can inherit anything from somebody, if you're a child, before you inherit from the person above you, like your parent, what has to happen to that person before you get their stuff? They've got to die. You see, Jesus has purchased eternal life for us. He says, you are my children. But before we can become his inheritors, before we can receive the promise of eternal life, Jesus had to die. And so death was necessary for us to be able to collect the promise of eternal life from God. Isn't that interesting? For there to be victory, Jesus had to give up. For us to be able to receive the inheritance, Jesus had to die. Any of y'all ever seen the movie Cinderella Man? Have y'all ever heard of that movie? Russell Crowe, one of my favorite actors. It's a fighter, James J. Braddock. Uh, in the movie. Braddock was a, a pretty decent fighter, did, did okay, but he ended up getting arthritis, had to quit, and then he decided to get a job at the docks to, to try to support his family. If you remember, in the movie, he, he couldn't get a job. And so he finally goes back to the ring when he gets a little bit better, but this time he fights with conviction because he keeps thinking of his wife and his kids. He's like, i got to make a living. What happens he starts winning fight after fight after fight he gets to a point where he's able to fight in a heavyweight championship match against a guy named Max Bauer. Max Bauer was a German fighter. He's a scary dude. He killed two people in the ring. Bauer's actually kind of proud of this. And he would use it to intimidate other fighters. And he was trying to intimidate Braddock. And if you remember this, I wish I had the movie clip from the scene because it's, it's a powerful scene. Braddock is in the locker room. He's nervous about the fight. And his wife walks into the locker room. You might remember this. She walks into the locker room, she looks at him, and she says, you remember who you are. She said, you're the bulldog of Bergen. You're the pride of New Jersey. She said, you're everybody's hope. You're the kid's hero. And you are the champion of my heart. Now, I mean, after a speech like that, how can you not win? He goes out, he wins the fight. Because he remembered who he was. Who are we? Because of the cross, who are we? Tell you something, you are a child of God. Who are we? Because of the cross, you have eternal life. Guys, let me tell you something. When we remember who we are, it causes us to face life differently, understanding we have a future that has been taken care of. And then we begin to understand that because Jesus was willing to give up, He gave us the opportunity to move up. See, Jesus won by losing. He suffered. He gave up. And we see He also won by losing in that He surrendered. He surrendered His position. Now, look in verse number 51. It says, suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary was split in two. From top to bottom and the earthquake and the rocks were split and the tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who'd gone to their rest were raised and they came out of the tombs after his resurrection entered the holy city and appeared to many and when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw all the earthquake and the things that had happened as you can imagine so they were terrified and they said this man really was God's son you know power changes people and many times it, it doesn't change us for the better. I mean, I, it's so funny. After every, almost every election, you know, we like to gripe about politics a lot. And so we say, you know, the guy I elected, he's not the guy that I elected. He went up to Washington and just totally became a different person. And so, you know, and I know that's not true for every one of them. But it seems like it happens a lot. Like, well, what's, what's going on with that? Well, you know, when somebody gets a taste of power and they begin to have power, we want to do whatever we can to hang on to it. And we can't just say, well, it's just those politicians. Y'all, it's true with us. I mean, it's true in business, it's true in sports, we get a little power, then, then we want to hang on to it. And we're willing to sacrifice others even to hang on to that power. I probably, whenever I thought about somebody who had power and he became kind of a different guy, I think of Muhammad Ali, probably one of the greatest fighters of all time. Yeah, and what I remember from him as a kid was that he'd be interviewed by Howard Cosell and what his big, his big famous statement, I am the greatest, right? Say that over and over again, I am the greatest, now, I heard a story about him one time. He was on an airplane. The, the flight attendant was walking up before they took off to make sure everyone's wearing a seatbelt. He, he did not have a seatbelt fastened. And she said, Mr. Ali, you need to, you need to fasten your seatbelt. And he looked at her, and he kind of smiled, and he said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And she smiled and looked at him and said, Superman don't need no airplane either. <laughs> now, I sometimes power can cause us to buy into our own hype. Power makes us different. But you know what? With Jesus, it didn't make him different. It didn't make him arrogant in any way. He had every reason to be arrogant. When the Roman centurion saw Jesus on a cross, he is dead. But he noticed something about him. He said, surely this man really was the son of God. He was truly God's son. Jesus had every reason to be arrogant, to throw his weight around. That's not why Jesus came here. Jesus came here to lose, that we might win. Jesus said in Matthew 20, 28, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And this was played out in grand style on the cross. Our text at the end goes on to talk about in the temple where the Jews worship that there was a special room called the Holy of Holies. You know, there's a curtain that divided the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. The high priest only went in there once a year on the Day of Atonement to make a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And the idea was, it was a picture that before we can enter into the presence of God, That there had to be a blood sacrifice. Now, the blood of bulls and goats did not remove sin. It was just simply a symbol of what God himself one day was going to do for us. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 10.4 says, For it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Jesus knew that his blood could take away sin. Because he came as a perfect man. When Jesus came and he died on the cross, the end of the text we just read says that in the temple there was an earthquake and that veil that separated man from God, it says it was torn in two from top to bottom. What does that mean? It was a symbol to show that man now had access to God because Jesus destroyed the barrier of sin by losing his life, that we might have victory. You know, and I look at, at Scripture and I say, how, does, how did Jesus win by losing? I mean, you know, what is what is what is his suffering on the cross? What is his giving up? What is his sacrificing his posi- position? What does it mean for us? You know what it means? It means victory. Jesus was able to be victorious 2,000 years ago because he was willing to lose. Because he's willing to give up. Now the question is, what does his sacrifice mean to you? You see, we we still have a responsibility. That is to respond to the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus has cleared the path for us. He's paved the way for us. How are we gonna respond when we think of the cross?